In the name of the true and living God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated, won't you? Father Turtle has encouraged us and invited us to be a part of a sermon series on the book of Romans, the letter to the Romans. And I can speak for myself. It's been a rich and wonderful experience to re-enter and to reappropriate many of the beautiful realities that Paul writes about in the letter to the Romans. So I'm hoping those of you that have been able to be a part of it have enjoyed it and continue to read and study uh, and pray over the scriptures because there's a lot of truth there. Sometimes it just takes a good, slow reading to understand and to appropriate the beauty that's there. I like to say it's really kind of a maxim of mine, an axiom, excuse me, an axiom of mind, and I think it's true in general. But I say it occasionally, and it's appropriate, I think, as we come to the portion of the text we have for today, and that is this, that it takes a great deal of courage to be a human being. It takes a great deal of courage. It's not simple. If it were simple, we'd all be fine. <laughs> being a human being takes a great deal of courage. We need assurance and we need hope to face the realities that come our way on this human experience. Our existential reality, we need assurance and hope so that we can face and encounter and move through any experience that we are faced with in this journey of life. It takes a great deal of courage. And we are now in the middle section of Romans. And in this magnificent section, Paul is indeed giving us a word of assurance and a word of hope to enable us to empower us with God's Holy Spirit and God's empowering presence to meet the challenges of daily life. Listen to these words again. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as children by whom we cry, Abba, Father. A word of assurance. This is the word that Jesus brings to us in his own life. That word, Abba. It was his unique and distinctive expression of his relationship with God. Everywhere we find him praying in the Gospels, we hear him saying, Abba. That word in Aramaic simply means father, but more importantly, more intimately and tenderly, it means papa. That kind of intimacy and family dynamic and relationship, this is the quality and kind of relationship that Jesus had and the radical nature that he had of God, the revealing the nature of God, the father heart of God. And so when Paul picks this up, which is also a very powerful part of his own prayer life, he says these words, for you have not been given a spirit of fear, but you've been given a spirit of adoption. And the Holy Spirit is inside of you right now, continuously, always crying, Abba, Father. 
In my own life, I've discovered that I really need assurance in many ways from time to time. And one of the ways that helps me is simply to pray that prayer. Abba, Father, and add, I belong to you. You could do it as an inhale, Abba, Father, exhale, I belong to you. And something about just naming that brings a sense of assurance. I'm a child of God. I'm adopted. I'm in the heart of the Father. There is nothing that is ever going to be able to be of utmost impact against my life because I am in the love of the Father. Remember last week where I said that the truth of our being is that we are in Christ. We are in his spirit. This is what Paul has said. You are in Christ. There is no condemnation. You are in the spirit. That's your ontology. Love that word, ontology. That's the truth of who you are. But then there is the way, the way of your being, which is what Paul is describing here. The way of your being is that you are now adopted and you are crying, Abba, Father. The Spirit bears witness. It's the experience of assurance. It's not just an intellectual thing. It's something that you can know and count on, that you are indeed in God and he has you. And that will never change. But secondly, Paul goes on to say, not only this word of assurance, which is a deep and profound thing to have in your life, which you have, and I encourage you to live into it. The Apostle Paul says, don't go back. You're not a debtor to the old way of sin and death. The Holy Spirit is leading you now, is guiding you, is activated in your life and helping you to move forward into the way of your being. But remember this, he said, if we suffer with him, we are heirs with Christ, but we are also those who will suffer with him. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear the word suffering, I want to jump off the train and say, now, wait a minute. I did not sign up for suffering. But you know what? You don't get a choice. (laughs) So, but my point here, and more importantly is Paul's point here, is that suffering for the Christian life, suffering for those that are adopted as God's children, is a qualitatively altogether different thing than suffering in itself. Because our suffering is Christ's suffering. And that suffering is, is taken by our Father to help us grow and to mature in spiritual formation, becoming more like Christ. I don't know if there's anyone in this church building today who has not grown in some dimension because of the things that they have faced that have been difficult and hard and challenging and the suffering that you've experienced. You cannot grow without it. And therefore, it's not meaningless. It has its, it has its power because it's the power, the empowering presence of the Spirit with you in suffering. I learned that lesson in spades this past week. Some of you know that a week weekend ago, Nancy fell and broke her hip, fractured her hip. And so I've been in the hospital all week with her. And, and it was a little rough at times, I have to say. 
And that kind of suffering of anyone that we love and are that intimate with and close to is a difficult, challenging thing. But fortunately, God be praised, we got through it and she's home and we're working with home health care and we're on the path. But I asked her when she got home, I said, what, what was that like for you? What was the experience like for you? And she said, it was a spiritual experience. Now, you need to know Nancy isn't a saint, but she is, I guess, being married to me. But, I, <laughs> but she, she does love God. And she said, the love that I experienced, the compassion, the kindness, Abba, Father's empowering presence, really, who, that came through the physicians and the nurses, was remarkable. It was spiritual. I felt loved and cared for through the entire experience. And isn't it true that Paul says, as he says, our sufferings, I consider the sufferings of this present time nothing to be compared to the glory that will be ours in fulfillment one day. You see, we live between the now and the not yet. That is to say, the now is the assurance that God has come, that the kingdom is available, that we can experience the life and power of the Spirit Something has happened and changed reality. Something has happened in your life and in my life that is different. Something has happened. That's the now. It's real, in other words. But it's also not yet. It's not completely realized. We're not immune from what it takes to live a human life. We're not immune from the sufferings and challenges of this world. But Paul says, here's where you have hope and courage. The sufferings are not the same. The sufferings are still in the hands of a loving Abba, Father. And then Paul goes on, and this is my, my final point here. Paul goes on to say that the entire cosmos is groaning. Creation is groaning. Experiencing the birth pains, the suffering of bringing forth and we can look around the world today and certainly we can see that the creation is groaning for the fullness of God's redeeming love and new creation. And then Paul says, and so are we. We are groaning inwardly. To groan is to sigh. It's to have that sense of, I don't know if I can do this. It hurts too much. It's too much to bear, God. The groaning, the inward groaning where your heart and your gut is wrenched with the sense of pain and fear. You've been there. And yet Paul is saying the Spirit is in that. And then later at the end of Romans 8, which is next Sunday, I wish I could be preaching it. He says that the Spirit groans within us. God groans. Creation, humanity, the Spirit is groaning. Groaning for what? The not yet. But it's guaranteed to come. So my friends, Romans in this section is so powerful. Remember, last Sunday, we heard the beginning of Romans 8, which said there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You're out of the condemnation game. The business is over. You're not in condemnation, but you are in Christ, in the Spirit. That's a glorious, fantastic truth. And then at the end of Romans 8, 
is, therefore, nothing can separate you from the love of Christ in Christ Jesus. Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate you. But then there's the middle section, which is the now and the not yet. So, brothers and sisters, there is a word of assurance. You now have the Spirit within you crying, Abba, Father. You're held in His love. And there's the word of hope, the hope of the future, and the faith to sing to its dance and melody today. Hold on, no matter what you face, God has you and will never, ever let you go. Amen.